Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host Joey Nochel Prano. Hello, Andy Incognito. That's right. What the fuck is happening today? <laughs> <laughs> I wa- Twerks came down to let me in. He's wearing a Tom Brady jersey. Is this like a lost bet situation, or I don't know. I walked out to grab Aaron from Mildred. He was in a Tom Brady jersey. I You're thought, wearing an incognito jersey. Well, I wasn't at the time. This was the incognito jersey from the Dolphins that Aaron gifted to Dirty Sports. Thank you very much. And I thought if he's going to go AFC East, I had to go AFC East with... Why didn't you get... I would have brought my Don Beebe jersey. <laughs> you got a Don Beebe jersey? No. <laughs> Now, Aaron, that's the question is, you are a Raiders fan, and here you are walking in with, he yelled actually across the street, word for word, the GOAT. Is this like a a lost bet situation? No, it's not a lost bet situation. I I genuinely love Tom Brady. I'll admit, I used to hate him, especially after the tuck rule, for a few years, Uh I don't know. Of, just the first of many fraudulent championships. Yeah, just after over time, I was just like, dude, I just respect Tom Brady. So, uh, yeah. Would you kiss him on the mouth? Uh, yeah, actually, when I saw that video, I was like, I wish I was his son. What, seriously, would you kiss Tom Brady on the mouth if he asked you to kiss him on the mouth? Just, just a mouth kiss. Yeah, why not? I, I 100% <laughs> would. He's a good-looking guy. Why wouldn't you kiss Tom Brady on the yeah, mouth? That'd be a cool story. Yeah, he's Wait, one of the great. Is that? I mean, that's your reasoning? He's a good-looking guy? And he's one of the how greatest... Many, how many good-looking guys have you kissed on the mouth? You don't even know. <laughs> Canceled! <laughs> and he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Arguably, the GOAT, as Aaron would say. Of course I'd kiss him on... Dude, there's a ton of NFL players i kiss on the mouth. Just start naming guys. I'll say yes or no if i kiss him on the Richie mouth. Richie Incognito. Definitely. Vontez Perfect. Maybe. O.J. Simpson. I'd have sex with him. Canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I did have some. Tyler Lockett. (laughs) Oh, we're going there already. I just looked at the. uh, He might be too into it. I just I just looked at the recap. Are we start Are we starting elsewhere? I guess we always usually end with the NFL. We have to start with Major League Baseball. Oh yeah. Two different yet both epic meltdowns between the Braves and the Dodgers. Yeah. We came over here yesterday for a live Dirty Slides podcast, Game 5, Cardinals, Braves. Um, Andy Lazarus and I, the the audio of which, by the way, is up on the Dirty Slides podcast, the first hour and a half, I believe. Um, We came over like looking forward to calling... Calling a fun game, old an old throwback rabble live broadcast, and it was over before the first inning. They scored ten runs in the first. Was it ten in the first? Ten in the first. Ten runs in the first. Just 
Atlanta Braves tomahawk choke. Yeah, that was now their ninth. Cancel. That was their ninth playoff appearance since, I believe, 2001, none of which they've made it to the NLCS. We're talking epic levels of choking in the early rounds. Yeah, that was... But that was next-level choking. Yeah. Ten runs in the first, game over before it started. They... I mean, it was... Honestly, a bit embarrassing that to even get to like that almost should have happened in a game four or a game three. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you got all the way to a game five and then you do that. It's like, geez. Yeah, it's tough. And Fulton Avich, uh just a meltdown. It's a rough go. When you're walking in, guys, with bases loaded in the first inning. You're done. I think that was the first run, right? It was the first run to walk in. I think no. it was the second. Yeah. It was bad. Bad, bad, bad. I mean, it was so bad. And they didn't really even put up much of a fight the rest of the game. They didn't put up any. They didn't, you know, it's not like they made it 10-4 with, you know, uh, bases loaded in the eighth. Oh, we're a, we're a home run here away from being down two runs. No. Like, never put up a fight. Acuna may have gotten drilled on purpose at the end. They He didn't really even put up much of a fight about that. Honestly, if you hit me in a 10-1 game after people have been talking shit, the whole, like, I'm fighting you regardless of whether you hit me on purpose. Yeah. I heard Amir Garrett jumped in his car and was actually going to fight for him. Yeah. He was going to drive down to Atlanta. Yeah, it was a bad game. It was so bad. We didn't broadcast. We stopped about the fourth or fifth inning. Yeah, it was middle of the fifth. Because it was already two Bottom hours yeah. into the game. Straight disaster. Yeah. At least the second game was exciting. Before we get to the second game, can I propose a theory? Sure. Native American curse. The tomahawk chop. They said they weren't going to do it. The fans did it in the first inning. And that's when the meltdown happened. An old Native American spirit. Now, we have a, a Native American on our show. Intern twerks with wolves is himself Native American. I want to get his take. Get on the mic here, Aaron. Well, let's, let's take this a little deeper now that we're doing it. Braves, epic fail. Uh, Cleveland Indians failed down the stretch. Missed the playoffs. Redskins, debacle. Yes. Fire their coach. Uh Jameis Winston, Florida State Seminole, one of the biggest busts in NFL quarterback since Jamarcus Russell. Yes. Um, Jewel is going under, which is tobacco, which they stole, white people stole from Native Americans who basically had the market on that until we okay. colonized them. It's a, it's a, it's a stretchy one. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Indian motorcycle sales are down? Now, now, Twerks over here, because that is his Native American name for anybody who does Twerks not know. Twerks with Wolves. Twerks with Wolves. Is there any validity to this? I think so. I, I think the evidence is pretty overwhelming when you look at it. Uh, I would even go as far as to say the entire city of Atlanta has been cursed by Native Americans. You can look at the Falcons, 28-3. to 3. Wow. I mean, this goes pretty far, pretty far this back. Is, this is deep, 
It's a deep curse. Yeah. Conspiracy Theory Thursday here at Dirty Sports. I like it. Do you think, uh, Andy, that this will have long-term repercussions for the Atlanta Braves organization? Like, they, I think everybody, certainly my theory last year was they were ahead of schedule. Yes. Made the playoffs maybe when they shouldn't. Not that they shouldn't have, but at a very young age for a team last year. Then they make it this year. This is the year you think, oh, well. You have home field. You get through five game series. Maybe you lose to the Dodgers or whatever in the next round, but you keep building. This year, they get in and they have a choke. Do you do you see this affecting them long term? Well, they have all the young guys, right? Sure, locked yeah. up. Yeah, I don't know, man. Sports sports is an interesting like the whole psychology of sports. I always find fascinating because you never know when you're going to get another chance, right? So you have to make the most of that opportunity. You, you never know. So, it's a good question. You would know more than me. They're set up, right? Am I correct? They're set up. Yeah, they're super young. Roster-wise. Absolutely. But you, you just see the way these things happen. You see these post-seasons have an effect like... Look at the Falcons. Look at the Falcons. Look at the Dodgers, obviously. You know, two straight World Series, and now this. You've got, uh, you've got the Red Sox hangover. A lot of yeah, people were like, true. oh, the Red Sox will be right back there. They didn't, they didn't even close to make the playoffs. Um, I, I think postseasons can take a toll one way or the other. I think this could have – this could seep into next year. This this is certainly something people are going to be talking about in spring training on opening day. Like, are you guys you know looking to correct what happened last year in the playoffs? I mean, it was a meltdown. Like, this is something people are going to talk about for a while. Um, and and obviously the Nationals now, a division team, have won a playoff series out of the wild card spot. The Phillies fired their manager. Obviously, everybody thought the Phillies were going to be there this year. All the moves they made, the Mets were close down the stretch. I don't know. To me, I think if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, you've got to be a little bit spooked. Yeah. As a Mets fan, as somebody in the division, I'm excited at the idea that they're spooked. But it's not even just this year. Again, we brought up the history of nine straight early exits. Players hear that shit, and it seeps into their brain, and then it turns into its own effect, right, on your ability on the field. And I think that's real. Like, there's a reason these quote-unquote curses or droughts happen because they take on basically a a whole other element of its own. And, and I think that happens all the time in sports, right? You see it all the time where people just can't win big games or they're in just a massive drought as an organization. And I think you have a good point. It's a tough division. Those other teams are uh, they're going to be just as good next year. Yeah. And who knows? Like, the Nationals can make it to the World Series. They could win the World Series. They could. I don't think they will, but they could. Yeah. They beat the Dodgers, though. Playoff curse. I'll talk about curses. You, Yeah, exactly. So you talk about... But I, I actually think playoff Kershaw is... It's it's in a way, it's sort of overblown, but at the same time, it it's obviously a thing. Yeah. And now we have sad Kershaw, the meme. I've already used it twice. Yeah, I saw. I mean... I've used it a lot, too. Yeah. It was, like, I don't know why he didn't just go down the dugout steps. 
Like he was sitting there. It, it it was almost like he aged. Yeah. Like in the time that he walked off the mound, suddenly he like had my like dad gut and he's just like <laughs> hunched over. And he was just like, oh, I shouldn't eat that McDonald's. I always, it's so good going down. But then you always feel like crap after. Like, and, and like, who even sits like that? What are you, an old man at a bus stop? <laughs> like, who? You got to try to sit like that. It's a good point. He's just like, wow. Like, sad Kershaw. Sad Kershaw. Is you, know who sad you, you know who sits like that? You know who sits like that? You know what it reminded me of when he was doing this? The dude from Leaving Neverland, one of the kids, yeah, Michael yeah, Jackson, yeah. Yeah, molested. Th- we talked about that. We were like, this is why, this is why. What was his name? Oh, God. We've already forgotten. How? We've his, already forgotten. You can poor never, soul. You can never forget. Ah, uh, Jesus. But the handsome, the like, not the dancer kid. Not the, the kid from Australia. Yeah, not the Australian kid. The other kid. Daniel, he, David, Pat, but I forget. But. We ta- you and I talked about this, and it was like our reason for thinking that he was telling the truth because he's like such a good-looking kid. Yeah, and yet he's he's like all he's like all he's like broken. James Safechuck. Yeah, yeah, James Safechuck. Yeah, because during he's the such interviews, a broken man. He's like, huh, and you're like, dude, you're like a good-looking. Yeah, you're right. Go in the dugout, man. Yeah, just go in the clubhouse. Also. Also, no one's sitting near him. Yeah. But I, I think no one was sitting near him because they thought he was about to like become like an alien. Like he was some men in black. Like, like why, why was no, no one like that picture you get? It was like no one was in the dugout. Yeah. It was like the thing where everybody hides after you hit a home run. Where is everybody? They're like, we're, let's give Kershaw that three quarters of the dugout for himself. We'll just all hide over here. They're all literally in one corner, not trying to touch him. Yeah. And he's like, why does no one want to sit with me? No one wants to sit with me. <laughs> it was the saddest of sad Kershaws. And you feel bad for a guy who's had such an amazing career. And you do. And I specifically feel bad for him because fuck Dave Roberts. Yeah. Why are you putting him in there? Sure. You put him in in the seventh. He gets you out of a jam. You start the eighth, eighth with him. Like, Clayton Kershaw in his career has been a guy who he comes out early and you either know he's fucking dominating or you know he's not. And I get that he got that one out, but just the the mismanagement of their bull. It's not like their bullpen is bad. I mean, from everything that I saw was you put in Maeda in the eighth. And then after, okay, so you put him in my head. Yeah, why? I just don't understand why. You, like, you got him to go out there and get that big hit, that big uh, out. You got three, and, three and pitches. And then he faces Rendon as a lefty-righty matchup to start the inning. Well, it wasn't just that three pitch, three three pitch strikeout, right? Yeah. He did his he did his part, right? Bring in Maeda. So you leave him in there. He gives up the two solo bombs, and then you don't put Kenley Jansen in. No. Your top closer. Even though he's had a rough year. No, Dave Rob- How long have I been saying this? How many arguments have I had about this? How many people are like, oh, how do you fire a guy who's not- you it's not about you if you have the best team and they do talent wise. Yes. You 
All you have to do is not fuck it up in the regular season. Andy Ruther could manage the Dodgers to 90 wins. Thank you. You'd be like, I don't know. Bellinger in center. Seager at short. Turner third. Yeah. How hard is this? Yeah. Honestly, you could literally, if I gave you their roster, you could put together a lineup and... If you're like, I don't know, Justin Turner eighth, it's not like they're going to lose a ton of games because you fucking forgot to hit Justin Turner third. They're going to win 90 games. It all comes down to the postseason. How many years in a row has this happened? This is his fourth season, Roberts, right? It's his third, right? I think it was fourth, 2016, 17, 18, and 19. Yeah, okay, you're right. And I said he was bad in 2016. 2017, they blow, they lose the World Series. Numerous reckless decisions in there. Then they have the U Darvish year. It's a mess, man. And now that we're already discussing the Dodgers, not to just add to it, fuck you, Dodgers fans. All of you. No, I shouldn't say all of you. I take that back. Just the... the People who leave early? The willingness to give up on your team. There is no excuse. And all these idiots on Twitter. Guys... Well, I'm not, I'm not talking about other teams. Why? Who's... Because who's... people are trying to argue, oh, I guess you forgot about the Heat. No, I didn't. Those fans suck too. Oh, yeah. Well, haven't we already said Miami fans suck? We've said this in general. I just hate when people refuse to look in the mirror and accept reality. I'm from Cincinnati. Guess what? The Cincinnati Reds fans suck. They don't support the team. The stadium's empty. It's an embarrassment for me as someone from Cincinnati. Even though the team sucks... Go support the Reds. It's embarrassing, but I accept that. The Dodgers fans leaving. Who was announcing the game last night with uh, Ernie? I don't know. Is it Francoeur? Jeff Francoeur? I don't know. I was at a bar. Whoever the color commentary was, I pulled this and I put it on Twitter. As an announcer, he said this. He said the fans in Dodger Stadium were leaving the game. He wasn't even making a joke. As... The Grand Slam was happening. That's how bad Dodgers fans are. But we talked about this. Remember the Mets game we went to with them? They came back from, what, six runs down in the ninth? We were the only people left. Mets fans were sitting there to watch us blow the lead. Dodgers fans had already left the game. But it, I mean, this is a historic thing, too. Like the, the biggest moment in L.A. Dodgers history, like I said the last time we did this, I'm just starts with... Dodgers fans leaving. This isn't, and this isn't a matter of me just wanting to shit on L.A. I've lived here for 12 years. I've lived here for almost a third of my life. I support this city. I go to Dodgers games. You've lived here. So this this notion that like, oh, Ruther's just trying to shit on L.A. No, I'm just trying to call out fucking people who are lame. I don't leave games early. It doesn't matter the sport event. Especially when your team has 106 wins and a potent offense like that. They still have a chance. Yeah, I'll tell you where they. You wouldn't see fans leaving early in Boston. You wouldn't see them leaving early in New York. You wouldn't see them leaving early in Philly, St. Louis. I can just start naming cities. Yeah. Chicago. Like, what about Miami? Yeah, Miami sucks too. Yeah, it, it's just embarrassing, and you should be ashamed of yourself if you wanted to go sit in 
LA traffic or traffic at the stadium because you can't get out of the parking lot for 45 minutes anyway. Yeah. But where do they go, Joe? You just brought up the Braves earlier. They go back-to-back World Series. Now they get ousted early. They keep making the playoffs every year. I predicted that they wasn't they weren't going to win the NL West this year. I was wrong, but I think that I made that prediction. I said that I made that prediction because I think these playoff losses again, like mm-hmm. I said about the Braves, take a toll. So this one, boy, I don't know. First of all, we talked about it. I we talked about it on slides. We talked about it on this podcast. If Dave Roberts doesn't make the World Series, at least win the World Series. It's it's hard to fire your manager when you're making the World Series every year. But you lose in the first round. I mean, are the Dodgers going to fire Dave Roberts? The answer is, how the fuck don't you? I was going to say, how can they not? Because eh, look at all the wins he's had. Now, Dodgers fans who love to defend Dave Roberts are like, this first place. Well, they fired Mattingly after three straight division titles. Yeah. And everybody was fucking fine with it. And spoiler, I'm not sure Mattingly is a worse manager than Dave Roberts. In fact, I would say that he's a better manager than Dave Roberts who had less talent and still won the division three times in a row. It's tough not to fire him because basically a lot of the reasons they're losing is mismanagement. This isn't something new. It wasn't just last night. And everybody now in baseball talks about how, oh, there's analytics and the front offices have more say and they just tell you what you have to do. Okay, well, if you have a manager who is unable to tell management or the GM or the analytics people, I'm going with my gut here, then you don't have a fucking good manager. Yeah. Because we're following your system and we're losing and we're losing and we're losing and we have the best team. So obviously the computer can only take you so far. So I was watching MLB Network. The phone and technology is an amazing thing. Yeah. You can do everything on this thing at this point. Right? Yeah. But sometimes you get out in the fucking desert where you don't have service, and if you're not prepared for it, you're fucked. Yeah. You're going like, well, what do I do now? There are people, and, you know, we've talked a lot, we've joked on millennials a lot here, but there are people who don't, who have never had to do it without it, so they don't know what to do. When we started sending out koozies and we started sending out whatever, somebody didn't know their zip code. Can I be honest? Multiple people. To didn't this, know their home zip code. To this, like, what's my zip? What do you mean my zip code? Like, bro, how do you what? survive? Yeah, how, like, how do you how do you pump gas if you don't know your home zip code? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you don't know your zip code. So if you're Dave Roberts and you've done everything by this analytics by this computer, and then you get to the point in the World Series and in playoffs where you're like, I have to know something about my team and how. Each guy is going to react in a high-pressure pressure situation. If you don't, and you're just like, Siri, who should I pitch in the eighth? Clayton Kershaw is your best pitcher. Thanks, Siri. Like, what? So I watched MLB. I was watching MLB Network. Greatest Dodgers pitchers of all time include Sandy Koufax, Don Drysdale, Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw, I have him. 
So I was watching MLB Network before you guys came over yesterday to call the game. And I found it interesting because all their analysts did not like the thought of Kershaw going in as a reliever. Yeah. And uh, one of them was, uh, what's his name, Al Leader? Lighter. Lighter. Yep. And I thought that was interesting from a former leader. pitcher. Lighter. Leader. Okay, yeah. But that's what he was saying. And they and I forget the other analyst with him, but they were both saying, we don't like Clay. They, they literally said this. Before the game. Before the game. They're like, we don't like Clayton going in the sixth or seventh inning. It's just, it's just, it's a different mindset. Obviously, he's done it before in the playoffs, but it's just a completely different mindset when you're going in as a reliever. And I just found that interesting where you had two guys who had played who, like you're saying, aren't going with analytics. They're kind of going with their experience and their gut as former players. But Roberts doesn't, he doesn't heed to that at all. No. I think he's got to go. I saw, you know, I, I made the joke that I've been calling for it for years, and now the Mets fired their manager, so of course they're going to fire Roberts, and now I'm going to get Roberts. And, uh, but then I saw somebody say, reply to that, Madden to the Dodgers, Roberts to the Padres, and Roberts to the Padres just, like, makes so much sense. But wasn't he already the Padres manager? But now he's got, you know, now he's got the success of the Dodgers – and he's got, uh, you know, they've got, they've got a better, got a better roster down there. Was he their manager already, though? Am I wrong in that? I thought maybe he was, or maybe he was just on the staff. He, yeah, he was the manager in 2015. Yeah. He got fired, and then he became the. He was there. He was on the team starting in 2011 as a coach. Right. Became the manager in 2015. You gotta fire him. I mean, I've been saying it for three years. You gotta fire him. Who? Wait, totally honest, and I'm not trying to like blow smoke up my own ass here, but like now people are finally coming around. Had, was anybody on the fire Roberts train earlier than Joe Prano? As much as it pains me, I will have to agree. Like I'm, I'm doing this in 2017. You, you have been battling. I can remember epic battles you've had with uh, former intern Joe Shaboring. Yeah, F I think Roberts finally broke Shaboring last year. This Shaboring didn't. Shaboring wasn't even tweeting during the game. He just like put up like a I'm sad meme after. Yeah, I felt bad up, for him. He just put up sad Kershaw. Yeah, I just want sad Shabelli. I want like I want Joe Shabelli sitting in like on a bench in Gonzaga just Kershawing. You know what Sad Kershaw is gonna be? He's you. I know you don't watch a show and you don't like it, but I love it. Of course, it's gonna be. They show the three different pictures of Pablo Escobar from uh, from Narcos, where he's like the one where he's in the pool staring off, or one he's sitting on the bench staring off. That's that's Sad Kershaw. Oh, man, the saddest of sad Kershaw. And it sucks because he's been the best pitcher in baseball for the last, overall, the last how many years? Yeah. Right? Well. Arguably? And, no, for sure. Like, if you say, hey, who's been the best pitcher in baseball in the last 10 years? You, you would say it's Kershaw. You right, know what yeah. I mean? But, like, you, you also have, obviously, some guys lately have been lights out, year in and year out. Verlander. 
was was right there with Kershaw for a couple of years, then fell off, and then then came back. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's tough to see because I like Clayton Kershaw. I root hard against the Dodgers. I think this is still, you know, we talked about the Native American curse. I think until they cut ties, until they openly say that you know the Chase Utley era is is a black eye on our franchise and now looking back we regret those decisions we regret letting him do that we regret defending him um i hope that the dodgers never win tough to watch them lose to an nl east rival but yeah let's but, let's but now we got but now say, we can have, we move to the american league yeah because we have another pot- potential meltdown with the astros I think the Astros win. I just think Cole's too good right now. But that's just me. Yankees got to be loving all this, right? Well, Yankees got to be loving that they're they're resting and the Astros are playing. But I mean even that even that the Dodgers are knocked out, you know, 106 win team. I mean if the Astros lose, you know, we're talking about the two best Records are already done. Yeah, I think the Astros win. I think that. I think that's going to be. I I just think Cole's too good, but the Yankees are certainly loving that they will have Verlander and Cole having pitched four and five. Yeah, so they probably get Granky in a game one if he if they if they survive. Um, if you're the Yankees, I gotta assume, yeah, you want home field, even if it is against a division team that knows you very well. Um, you don't want to face that pitching staff. The Yankees are certainly sitting back and having fun. Um, but on the NL side now, we have Cardinals, Nationals. We we know the matchup. Do you uh, do you like Scherzer and Strasburg to? Get through the the Cardinals now. What's well, crazy because from the opposite end, we talk about teams losing. Now, when you have a comeback, that injects a whole other psychology for your team. Yeah, I I almost think the Cardinals also that ten run like maybe their offense that you see that all the time in baseball. Oh, you have this breakout day and then you go you know, cold. Your offense, no, your offense like goes hot oh, for like a okay. couple weeks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna be a really really fun two potentially really fun matchups looming. I mean. Even if it's Rays Yankees, it's at least a division. I would hate to watch that. Like, I don't even know if I would watch that. Fucking Yankees Rays would make me sick. You'll watch it, but Yankees Astros, Nationals Cardinals, some good baseball action. And I know Tug's doing the the Tug Stradamus dance. Oh my goodness! Tug, Tug's really loving that he like. You know, he called. Uh, he hedged a little on the Nationals. Yeah, the Nationals. He liked the Nationals to win a playoff series. I just want to point out, and I don't want to jinx myself, but it's a hot call for Tug in September. But I have I have Astros Cardinals World Series in April. Shots fired. So, come at me, bro. <laughs> also, also, I have Dave Roberts should be fired in 2016. <laughs> so, if we're pre saying. I mean, I mean, fucking Obama was president when I said Dave Roberts should be fired. That's a natural segue to China. 
Okay. Not at all. Okay. We, we got to talk more China and NBA, though. All right. Dude, this is wild what's happening because it's nonstop. Bresler right now is that little excited girl gift. He's like, but I've never seen anything like this. Bresler right now is eating the cotton. He's cotton candy eating girl. Remember her? Oh, yeah. I've never seen this in sports where this basically socioeconomic slash political issue has taken such like it's it, it's come to the forefront more than can you think of anything in your lifetime? I mean, it's it's definitely it's still kind of under the radar. I feel like if you're a sports fan, you think a little bit like it's not Kaepernick, you know, where it's like all the like it's not trending the whole day. Yeah, but at the same time, if you're any sort of NBA fan, it is crazy. So now they're talking about I don't know, you. You saw this the cap the salary cap potentially going down. I put this on the rundown. Yeah, uh, some people are saying like fifteen percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine teams being affected but next year? I feel like we gotta te- we gotta really explain things to okay. everybody. I'm not trying to say you guys are idiots, but but a lot of you defended Dave Roberts for years. And this is kind of a, a complex issue. It's not that complex, but it's complex enough. Let a man in an oversized Richie Rich Incognito jersey break this down for you. <laughs> so, like any other company or brand, the NBA is, in a way, owned by China. Heavily They're backed by. Heavily financially backed. And again, I want to reiterate... God knows the amount of things I'm wearing or in my apartment or China. But see, the difference is I know I'm a piece of shit for supporting a country that doesn't give rights. See, that's the difference. And I own it and say, well. Well, the NBA knows it, too. That's why they're like, hey, guys, let's not talk about it. But just own it. That's Again, that, that's my stance on this whole situation for all these people is basically just it, like if, if, some, if Adam Silver or Steph Curry or Steve Kerr, whoever, just said, hey, man. It's fucked up over there, but I like making millions. I mean, that wouldn't actually bother me. At yeah, least, I, at least I, they're being honest. I don't even think that. But I like making millions. I don't even think you would have to go that far. You'd just be like, "Hey, man, this is above my pay grade. I'm a player. I'm a coach. I want to play or coach basketball at the highest level. Therefore, I'm going to do it in the NBA. If there was a greater basketball league in all the world that was you know only supported by freedom having countries and that i can make you know as much money as i can here and i can have as much success i can prove myself on the highest level there then i would play in that but for now i want to compete at the highest level and that is the nba if you want to talk about how the nba supports itself and how that's a discussion that you want to have with the commissioner I'm just a player. I'm just a coach. Now, we were talking about it on the live podcast yesterday. The The dangerous thing is you open yourself up to these kind of criticisms when you talk about other shit. Yeah, so like, when Steve Kerr or Greg Popovich in particular sit there and blast the Trump, can, the Trump candidacy and his basically policies – which, by the way, I'm not saying I necessarily disagree with a lot of those. But the point is that Joe's trying to make is if you're going to be so outspoken like like Kerr is, especially on social media, on, let's say, 
the policies with ICE and rounding up illegal immigrants. You then also can't suddenly get silent when asked a question about, hey man, China's rounded up a million to a million and a half Muslims and put them in labor camps. Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, uh, I don't I need really to, know a lot about the situation. I need to read up more on the issue. I need to talk to my brother who's an East Asian fucking professor. Well, then you just look like an asshole. Yeah, you do. And that's all that Joe and I are trying to say. Again, we like a lot of these people. I like Kerr. Yeah, me I too. like Popovich. Yeah. Steph Curry's a great player. But when you're asked basic things, it's not that complex of an issue. And, and that's the only pro- Like that's the main problem we have and that I have is... No one's asking Stan Van Gundy about it. Exactly. Like, Stan Van Gundy, what do you think about China? He's like, uh, chow mein's delicious. <laughs> Coached in New York for a long time. And, uh, you know, Hunan Garden's one of my favorite places. <laughs> I, 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 I mostly like the dumplings. I like them fried. I like them. They're, they're like, uh, thanks, Stan. They're not asking him because he's never put himself out there as somebody who has a political opinion. And that's what's so important for everybody to understand. Like, Pat Riley, what do you think about China? He's like, prefer Italian suits, honestly. (laughs) So, Adam Silver released a statement this week. And the truth is, I didn't really take, you know, issue with it. Did you? Nope. I thought it was a pretty good statement. It's a long statement. I'll read excerpts up from it. He says, I recognize our initial statement left people angered, confused, or unclear on who we or what the NBA stands for. Let me be more clear. Over the last three decades, the NBA has developed a great affinity for the people of China. We've seen how basketball can be an important form of people-to-people exchange that deepens ties between the United States and China. Okay, and he continues to go on and on. And uh, this is an important piece, I think, that he says. But for those who question our motivation, this is about far more than growing our business. Values of equality, respect, and freedom of speech have long defined the NBA and will continue to do so. As an American-based basketball league operating globally, among our greatest contributions are these values of the game. It Basically, what it's, it's a well-crafted statement because what he does is he says... We have a business relationship with China. Bringing basketball to China, I think, is good for everybody. We want to keep working with China. At the same time, unlike the NFL, we're not trying to curb anybody's free speech. So say what you want. Do what you want. That's up to you. We'll deal with anything that that comes from it. I'm sure behind closed doors, all the owners are saying, hey, guys, just stay the fuck out of it. Just don't make it a deal. Like, just... Yeah. Try to avoid being a part of this entirely. Uh, he certainly doesn't tackle the human rights violations of China. He's also not trying to blow up their relationship with China. Yeah. But he also isn't saying, you guys can't say this. But even that statement alone, I, I don't think people realize how bad this communist regime is in China. Even his statement, like Joe's saying, where he's not trying to ruffle feathers, it ruffled China's feathers. Because China is anti-free speech. Exactly. And so him saying that American players or people in the NBA can say whatever they want, they're like, how dare you? We actually have a law that prevents people from saying whatever they want. We censor people. So China 
responded to Adam Silver's statement with this. And again, this is a translation. This is a CNBC translation. We have noticed that Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, who is, partic- who is participating in an event in Japan, has responded to Houston Rockets general manager Maury's post of inappropriate Hong Kong-related remarks. We are strongly dissatisfied, and we oppose Silver's claim to support Maury's right of free expression. Right. I mean, listen to that. They're literally saying, we oppose free speech. It's wild. And then they go on to say, we believe that any speech of that challenges national sovereignty and his social stability is not within the scope of freedom of speech. What the fuck is China talking about? Well, that's also, and again, this is why a lot of people are upset, and this is why a lot of people are talking about the hypocrisy that's going around sports, because that last sentence is what anybody who says Colin Kaepernick should be blackballed or that a league can keep him out. That's exactly what they're saying. We believe any speech that challenges national sovereignty and social stability is not within the scope of freedom of speech. If you're coming at the flag, fuck you. Yeah. And what the truth is, is people who say that you are, and that's why I always say, you don't want to support free speech? Move to China. They're they're cool with it. Yeah. They fucking don't like it either. Yeah. Yeah. And the last statement is big. To this end, CCTV Sports Channel of the Central Radio and Television Administration has decided to immediately suspend the current broadcast arrangements of the NBA preseason China games and immediately investigate all cooperation exchanges involved in the NBA. So this is a big deal. So what they did, for people who don't know, the Lakers and Nets were over there, and I believe there was two other teams. They refused to air those games after Adam Silver's statement. So basically, we're at a stalemate in a way of China doesn't want to air the U.S. games. China currently has a deal, a broadcast deal with the NBA, which I believe is around one and a half to two billion dollars. So there is some serious money involved. And to go back to Joe's point earlier, that's why teams, a Yahoo article yesterday was pretty interesting from the financial side, said teams are already planning for a reduction in the salary cap in 2020-21 season, so not this season but next season, because of this. Basically what they're saying is China might say, fuck you, NBA, we're ending our deal, which is then going to affect... How much money everybody has. Which means a 10 to 15% drop... In the salary cap, which then it comes back to us as viewers, guys. Let's say you love your Houston Rockets. And this all affects the bottom line. And you can't get the players that you want to get because your team has to cut your salary by 10 to 15%. Where are you going to stand as a fan? It's, it's, this trickle-down effect is going to be very serious. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously... Every, everybody, every team is affected equally, but these things happen from year to year. Like, it's funny that you say the Houston Rockets, obviously they're the ones that started this yeah. whole thing, but like the Rockets, uh, free agent situation with Russ, with Harden, with Capella, like the Rockets are actually pretty set going forward. They don't really need to make a big splash, but imagine you're a team that, that is waiting to, you know, pick somebody up in the free agent market that that's your next big leap, you're kind of shit out of luck because we know the players themselves aren't going to sign for less. 
Yeah. They're not going to take less money. And, yeah, it's crazy, but in a way, like, could Adam Silver have done more? Could he have been bolder? Sure. sure. But he was pretty bold in saying, you can say whatever the fuck you want. Well, he was whatever they're saying behind closed doors, you can't now get punished if you say some shit if he's on the record of saying that. Yeah, I'll give him credit, I agree. Because even him just saying that, again, forced the national Chinese network, whatever the fuck it is, that airs the games to say, we're not airing your games. But I also want to talk about hypocrisy from the media side, because that's important. And the big dog here, the big guilty party, ESPN, which is owned by Disney. Disney is China's bitch. And if you've been watching South Park, you'll clearly know this. They've done an amazing job mocking Disney, Mickey Mouse in particular. This, this might be tough for Aaron to hear, but uh, even though he loves to support the communist regime by going to Disneyland all the time. Uh, ESPN issued a memo which was leaked, which Deadspin wrote a story about, which explicitly discouraged any political discussion about China and Hong Kong. ESPN personalities have confirmed that this this memo it was in fact real. So basically, ESPN, who for years has had no problem discussing political stuff. Now I know they've changed recently under a new direction, but they're telling their employees that you cannot discuss this. Yeah. On air. And for that. ESPN's a bunch of bitches, too. Guys, everyone's bitches. Dude, at the end of the day, my, my point is this. How much money do you need? To me, this is, this, and I'm, I'm, dude, number one capitalism guy. I'm all for capitalism. But I'm also a guy, at a certain point, how much is too much? But it's not, it's not necessarily the grand corporate thinking. You've got to remember that corporate, corporations are still run by people. So if you're the president of ESPN, or if you're a board member of Disney, this is going like, hey, I don't want to lose my job because we look at our books and we're down 40% from last year. So you're making, everybody makes a decision that is to save their own ass. Yeah, I agree. Everybody's making, the, Steve Kerr is not talking about it because he wants to be a coach in the NBA. James Harden's not talking about because he wants to be a millionaire in the NBA. Uh, Adam Silver is saying you can say whatever you want because he doesn't want to be taken. He doesn't want to be torn out of his seat by people who are like, wait, are you curbing free speech? Even though he could have easily done that since every single owner in the NFL and the commissioner got away with it. So everybody's just trying to save their own butt. And in, in ESPN, they're like, hey, we're owned by Disney. We don't want them coming down on our thing. Just don't fucking talk about it. And the beauty of the media these days is we are, we've we been saying fuck ESPN for longer than we've been saying fire Dave Roberts. I think we literally have a title from 2014 on this show, fuck ESPN. Because... They've become they've become bigger than you know what they were. Now they are this. Now they are the face of sports media, and they can drive stories to be anything that they want them to be. 
and they can make it Tim Tebow 24-7 and Johnny Manziel 24-7 and like whatever they decide is the story is the story and they're basically ignoring this story even though it's one of the biggest sports stories that we've had maybe ever. But it's not even just ESPN. All these reporters, you're all cowards. But the beauty of, well, there's people doing it and there's people getting shut down and there's whatever But why are people not asking Steph Curry directly? And by the way, and I quote tweeted this video of Steph. Again, I, I agree with what Joe has said. I'm not expecting the players like Steph or James Harden or whoever. You don't have to be that outspoken. But when you set yourself up, when you've posted tweets or had many discussions about rights for black people, about rights for the LGBTQ community, or about gun control. This falls in that same line, bro. This falls in that same line. So when Steph Curry is responding to a reporter and saying, there's going to be some things that need to be sorted out, I just don't know enough about Chinese history and how that's influenced modern society. This is not going away, so we'll come back to that. Bro, you're a black man in America. But you, he, have, but, but you I, of all people should know. But I believe that Steph Curry isn't sitting there going like, hey, before practice today, can can we get a couple professors over here to explain me the history of China? I agree. But I'm sure Steph at this point is aware that there is basic human rights atrocities that are happening in China. This isn't anything new. And to follow it up, I think a reporter should straight up say when he gives that answer, if you're a legit reporter, you straight up say to Steph, Steph, do you think people should have the right of freedom but you're, of speech? Again, you are now, you're, you're not considering the fact that we are an independent media source. We are the Dirty Sports Podcast. We can say whatever the fuck we want. Sure. We don't have to answer to anybody. That reporter still has to answer to somebody. And that reporter's editor has to answer to somebody. And and the editor has to answer to the publisher. And the publisher has to answer to some major media conglomerate that runs the paper that's probably owned by China. Like it all like follow the money. It all comes back to you. So everybody's looking out for their own ass. Yeah. Is our boy from Black Sports Online, if he gets a credential, going to be like, what up with China? Like, yeah. Robert Latow. Yeah. He's going to keep it real. Yeah. And we would, too, which is why they'll never give us press credentials Press credentials to go and ask. And and the same thing happens on the other side. You know, I, I, we, I've been talking about the whole thing. The hypocrisy is on both sides. Everybody that was pro the NFL blatantly curbing freedom of speech wanted to say, hey, what's up with the woke NBA? These guys are being super hypocritical. Well, then Adam Silver came out and was like, our players can say whatever they want. No one's getting fined or suspended for having an opinion in our league. And now all those conservative fucking news outlets are spinning, trying to spin this story and being like, well, you know, they're still, they don't. And you're, it's like everybody's doing their own thing. Everybody's trying to make their own angle everybody's trying to make their own money that's the beauty of having our show is i can stay sit exactly where i've always sat and been like yeah i said this about the nfl i'll say it about the nba i'll say it about comedy i'll say it about cancel culture i'll say it about whatever like you can't be fucking punished for saying whatever the fuck you want 
unless it's fire in a crowded theater. And the bigger problem that this has shined a light on for me is the sad state of affairs that we are all owned by China. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sad. I mean, I mean, twerks over here goes to Disneyland. Hey, man, you said you're a proponent of capitalism. Everybody's buying all the shit. That's what I'm saying. So it is what it is. But that's what I'm saying. I'm just, I'm just owning up to it. And I've known it forever. But I also do like that this is highlighted, as you continued to say, Joe. When you put yourself out there, this isn't just athletes. Any of you. I mean, this is the same thing that's going on with Ellen. Ellen's going like, oh, you know, I can have friends of different things. It's like, fine, you can. But when you go out to a national tele- nationally televised football game and you sit with a war criminal, people are going to be like, yo, not trying to be rude or whatever. We like your dancing and shit and, like, the haircut's dope. But, like, what up? <laughs> like, what up with you being in a fucking football box with a war criminal? Well, you know, I like people of different backgrounds. Don't even get I me. Mean, have you seen the deep dive on the Ellen thing? Yeah. It bother you? Well, no, I mean, have you seen that Ellen is a CIA operative deep dive? Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, go down that wormhole. Wow. Ellen DeGeneres? Ellen DeGeneres is being used as a mouthpiece by the United States government to smooth out certain things, normalize certain things. Bro. Go down that wormhole. What kind of person created this? Go down that wormhole. That person has not left their apartment ever. No. Ellen DeGeneres, a CIA operative. Dude, it, there's a lot of info. Bro, this, pretty is, this is a comedy. This is a movie. The, the only the only interview the one person who had an interaction with the Vegas shooter did was on Ellen, and then in a sense, like, disappeared off the face of the planet. Oh, yeah. That, that was kind of weird. Yeah. Oh, it's deep, bro. Is this what you spend your time praying on? Dude. I mean, you know me. You know conspiracy guy. I'm Mel Gibson. I got a fucking, I got a, I got a beer bottle rested on my, uh, on my fucking doorknob just in case I make out. There's, I have one switch where you click, my whole apartment goes up in flames. Would so you people call don't yourself a conspiracy theorist, though? I've always come call myself a conspiracy theorist. The thing about, con- I don't know if I would. For as long as I've known you, you'll, you'll for sure entertain a lot of conspiracies. What I've always said is the difference between me and, like, say, a Sam Tripoli is just because I don't know what the answer is. Just because I don't know, just because I know what the answer isn't doesn't mean I know what the answer is. Yeah. I, I'm not one of those people who will go, like, I know Lee Harvey Oswald didn't kill John F. Kennedy by himself. That doesn't mean I know this person did it and this person did it, this person. I don't go down the whole thing because you'll waste too much time trying to get to the answers. Yeah. The answer is the people with money did it. Yeah. People with money and power did it to to not give up money and power. Don't waste too much of your time on it because it's not going to take the answer is not going to give you any fucking solace. Yeah. Well, we're talking a lot about business and sports. I want to talk about a business, an American business that helps support our show. I'm sure they love this lead in. (laughs) I'm sure they do, too. Guys, support from this show comes from our friends at Manscaped. The number one brand in men's below-the-belt grooming, Joe, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I love how that rhymes, and I love all the products they've sent us, like the amazing crop cleanser for your hair and body, the crop reviver for toner and refresher, 
Just squirt a little of this on your, your old nutsack. <laughs> you know what I love about Manscaped? They let us say that stuff. Yeah. The crop preserver. It's ball deodorant. All this amazing stuff. But the main big dog I love. I actually haven't. Now, be- they always say below the belt, but like the 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 things you're about to pull out, these ra- you could use them for anything, right? Yeah, if you're if you're like a chest hair kind of man, oh yeah, you know yeah. What I, mean? I actually don't have that right here. The yeah. lawnmower 2.0. Yeah, the lawnmower 2.0. I've used it on my chest hair. I've obviously used it on my nutsack. See, I keep my chest pretty thick. But yeah, like, yeah. But I definitely the down below. You know, maybe if you're a guy who's got a, uh, you know, back hair, shoulder hair. Me. Yeah. Both things I have, guys. The lawnmower 2.0 is a game changer. So go get 20% off plus free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for your job. Your balls will thank you. The crop preserver. Love that. Anti-chafing ball deodorant. By the way, people keep asking me. I've had multiple DMs from our fans, from our listeners. They say, Andy Ruther, does it really not cut your balls when you use the 2.0? Guys, I've had the Manscaped Lawnmower 2.0 since March before they even were come on board as a sponsor. Never cut my balls once. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DIRTY at manscaped.com. That's M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D. No, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code DIRTY. And once again, I will send you two free beer koozies. If you send me a screenshot using manscaped.com, promo code DIRTY. Love this stuff, bro. I yeah, think I, it I, is fantastic. And we got these little, little oh leather pouch. What do you call it? Dop kit? Yeah. Love it. Okay, Prano. We got college football. We got NFL. Yeah. Let's briefly... Touch on this week's big college football games. Let's do it. Games that I have highlighted. The Red River Rivalry. Say that three times fast. Red River Rivalry. Red River Rivalry. Red River Rivalry. Wow, pretty good. I remember when there was a time you couldn't say it, the R. You're like, oh, I'm already Rooster. Never forget. By the way, I think Yoshi might be joining us next week. Really? Speaking of mispronouncing wow. words. Wow. He is back. I'm a little worried, though. He visited Chernobyl. Did he? Full vi- You can go visit Chernobyl. Like, do I need to wear a hazmat suit for him? I don't know. Sitting next to me on the you couch? Should, like, you should hit him with the thing, like, tick, 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 like the, <laughs> the radiation gauge. So I think I'm going to try to get Yoshi for Monday. Great. Oklahoma, Texas, Red River rivalry. Texas has one L. They took a home L to LSU. Oklahoma, again, it's a neutral site. Ten and a half point favorites. And Oklahoma's undefeated. Undefeated. Jalen Hurts is arguably the front runner in the Heisman race right now. Where is it being played? So, I believe they do the Cotton Bowl. Still. Which, although the Cotton Bowl has been moved... To AT&T Stadium in Dallas. You know, the Cotton Bowl is also obviously in Dallas, the actual Cotton right. Bowl Stadium. Right. So I don't know if they actually play it there, but it's in Dallas. Okay. 
I think that's basically central between the two teams. Anyway, I've watched Oklahoma and I've watched Texas. Uh, I feel like this is a big spread, though. Ten and a half. Rivalry game. Well, who do you think wins the game? You think Oklahoma wins the game? I think Oklahoma wins the game. I mean, I'm not betting it either way. So. Yeah. Um, what What are their rankings? I think it's six and ten. I believe. Cool. That'd be a fun football game. You're You're not going to watch any of it. Uh, I might. What time does it start? <laughs> Let's see here. It starts at nine a.m. our time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it is in the Cotton Bowl, the Cotton Bowl Stadium. Nice. Keeping it old school. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Okay. I'll throw it on for a little bit. Uh, a little Big Ten action. We got Penn State, Iowa. Don't really care about that one as much. But the big one I care about this week is two uh, top seven schools. We have Florida travels to the Bayou they are number seven to play number five LSU in Tiger Stadium. Big favorite for Florida. I know they have a backup quarterback. I've watched them a lot, actually, this year. I watched them beat Auburn recently. Big favorite. LSU's a big favorite. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. LSU, 13-point favorite. Wow. Uh, no way. I, I bet I bet on Florida all day, spread-wise. I would, too. I just think it's going to be – I mean, they just – these teams. Now, Joe Burrows is playing great this year, a quarterback. Yeah. LSU finally, after all these years, has found an offense. So we have the Gators. Find an offense. Just a quarterback. They've always had, like, they've always had the skill guys. They've always like, run a pretty offense. It's like they've always needed a quarterback. They just haven't ever had an elite quarterback. Now, this guy is, like, a Heisman candidate. Yeah. He was an Ohio State transfer, I believe, right? If you say so. I don't know. We're, we're, it, we're not. I'm not a college football guy. Yeah, yeah. Stop coming to me for answers. So the, the only thing I know about this game, Florida is uh, the Gators. Yes. LSU is the Bayou Bengals, the Tigers, and LSU is coached by Ed Orgeron. I don't even. I don't even know who coaches Florida. Spurrier? No, it's not, it is not Spurrier. It's uh, God. Why am I forgetting his name? I'm just kidding. I knew it wasn't Spurrier. I know. Um, <laughs> he's a good coach, though. Is Steve Spurrier still a head coach at, at, at anywhere doing anything? XFL? I don't know. No, he was coaching the AAF. Oh, I think. was he? I think. Well, the old ball coach? Yeah. Um, but I want to get Coach O on the phone here. I know it was a last-minute request from our friends down at LSU, but they have made it happen, and like you just stated, the Gators are traveling to the swamp. So they're going from one swamp to another swamp, and... Uh, it's been a minute, but Coach O, you guys are off to an undefeated season, ranked fifth in the country. Great start. You have an offense. You have a quarterback. You're also big favorites. Does this concern you, Coach O? I ain't worried too much about all the people putting in their bets down there on uh, the Mandalay Bay and uh, the, the Borgata in Atlantic City. I ain't worried what people are doing there at Caesars Palace. The only thing I'm worried about down here is getting here on the swamp. You know, Atlantic City built on a swamp, Las Vegas built in a desert, but you ain't no you ain't no hot and sticky till you come down here to the bayou in a game in October you play against the Bayou Bengals. Now, the Gators, they're a good football team. They're a good football team. I got a lot of long relationship with that University of Florida. 
Gators. But let me tell you one thing right now. And, and you write this down, Andy Ruth, because I know you don't like to type down notes. But you're going to take this one down. The Bayou Bengal down here, the swamp here in Louisiana is way different than the swamp there in Florida. These gators, they're going to get out of their swamp. They're going to get on a bus, and they're going to come to a different swamp. They're going to find it extra sticky and extra muddy. Because we down here, we down here working in the bayou swamp. And these tigers, I got them in, I got them in ski shoes. I got them in snowshoes so they can walk on top of the swamp mud. We going to run all over. This office with Joe Burrow, he going to. This guy going to win the Heisman Trophy, and the Heisman Trophy going to get have snowshoes on it because this <laughs> this guy running on top of the mud. Interesting, Coach. Now, you are facing a backup quarterback of Florida. First string, second string, third string, tampon string. We don't care. We're here to win. Are you a little worried that your team is such a big favorite, Coach, that maybe your players, it might go to their heads that this is a game that, by all odds, they should easily win? When I get these boys in the locker room, I look them in the eyes, and I tell them, this weekend, we're going to fight a gator. You go out in the swamp in some cutoff jorts, Hand-to-hand combat with a fucking gator? You ain't taking them lightly. You ain't, oh, I heard this gator underdog. Oh, I heard this gator playing with backup teeth. Oh, I heard this This ain't the top gator in the swamp. It's the second best gator in the swamp. Maybe I'll take it easy on the gator. No, you're going out there. You know you in for a fight. No, ain't nobody take you. You ever see one of them little mini gators, like the one that bit Johnny Knoxville on the nipple? That thing look like a hurt, like some real shit right there. I don't care how little your gator is, that shit will bite, and my boys know it, and they ready. Just like I assume those Florida boys know, they about to fight a tiger. Well, Coach O, it's always a pleasure having you on the show. <laughs> Hopefully you get better. It seems you're a little under the weather. I ain't under the weather. I'm on top of the weather. I'm up here, weather down below. I'm like Jesus Christ and God together. I, I'm living above the clouds, Andy. The weather don't affect me. Well, Coach o, we appreciate your time, and good luck against the Florida Gators this weekend. I, I just want to say this. When the Florida Gators come to the bayou this weekend, it's going to get down and dirty. Now, you can watch on the view porn and the red tube and the porn tube and the red porn. You can watch all kinds of things. You can watch moms fuck their sons, sons fuck their dads, all kinds of step stuff I've been seeing lately, and it kind of grosses me out, not going <laughs> to lie. How come everybody trying to fuck their family? We stopped doing that in Louisiana five, six years ago now. Y'all need to calm down. But one thing that you can't see on the porn hub and tubes, you can't see a tiger fucking a gator. You're going to need to tune in to CBS on Saturday for that one. Oh, don't let the kiddies watch. It's going to get dirty. We coming from behind. Coach Rowe, everybody. Always a pleasure to have him on the show. Wow. Everything was fine. 
Got a little dirty, so I hate to say it. I want to throw in one more Coach, conversation piece. You're, Andy still, you're still there? I actually I hung up, but then I called back in because <laughs> at worst, he put me right through because I had something important. I just want to say, living down here in the swamp, especially Coach, you know, they don't let you coach in jorts. I asked. They said no. So they make me wear the long pants, okay? I got, I've been, my balls been getting sweaty down here in these tight, Close games playing as well. I just want to say a uh, shout out to the folks at Manscaped giving me that ball deodorant. I get back in the locker room after a big win. My wife's there and she's like, honey, you should take a shower. I said, I don't need to take no shower. I got that ball deodorant on. Come over here and give it a little kiss. Good for Coach Manscaped.com, promo code dirty. Good for you, Coach O. Appreciate you supporting the show. Oh, my goodness. That took a turn, Joe, when Coach O called. Yeah. It was fine, and then he got really graphic with the, the porn references. Yeah, yeah. I hope Coach O doesn't get canceled. Yeah, no, Coach O will be fine. Okay, good. He's grandfathered in. Good, good. All right, so like Coach O said, primetime CBS, your big game of the week. Let's talk some NFL, Joe Prano. Is that, that primetime game? It's a late game? Yeah, it's a late wow. game. Wow, that'll be fun. Yeah, I think it's 4.30 on CBS, like Coach O said. Okay, week six of the NFL season is officially here. My man on my left has a four-point deficit to me. He seems not too worried. We do have a long season. We do have 11 more weeks. We're going to start with your team. Thursday night game, the New York Giants travel to New England, where they are 17-point underdogs, Joe Prano. Tell me what I'm missing here. Well, what you're missing here is... uh that the Giants are missing a lot. No Evan Ingram, no Saquon Barkley, no Wayne Gallman, Saquon Barkley's backup, no Sterling Shepard. So, number one wide receiver, number one tight end, number one running back, number two running back. The offense is going to struggle mightily because the Patriots defense is really, really good. I think that this spread, when it first came out, the idea that the the Giants were getting as many points as the Dolphins against the Pats, as the Jets against the Pats, as the Redskins against the Pats, um, that it was it was high. But just so many guys out on the offense, yeah. it's really, really, really going to be tough for them to score. And uh, I just don't see the Giants' defense playing well enough to really keep Brady off the board. The only thought and hope that I have for the Giants covering and obviously way, 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 way less likely competing and or winning in this game is it's Thursday. Yeah. That's all I got. Thursdays are fucking wild. They are. When I first saw this spread, I thought, it's a massive spread. I didn't realize the extent of the injuries the Giants have. 17 is a lot. I just feel like this screams backdoor cover. Everything about it screams backdoor cover. And the Patriots' offense. Giants' defense is trash. True. I've named uh, DeAndre Baker, they're, they're one of their starting corners, who's a rookie, and is terrible. I've, I've stolen a nickname from a former Giant, Stephen Baker, and I've named, this is a way less exciting nickname when you're playing on defense, but DeAndre Baker, the touchdown maker. Yeah. Basically, every time you throw the ball to the guy, you're going to score. 
And I can tell you who knows that. Bill Belichick. Your Giants keep burning me. That's another problem. I keep taking them to cover the spread. They keep burning me. I think I've got them correct once. This is a toss-up game for me, though. Because, again, I just think it reeks of backdoor cover. Where are you, who are you going with? No, I'm have to, I have to let you go first here. <sighs> okay. I guess I'll just pull the trigger. I am going to go Patriots. <laughs> all that. All that. And you go. I path. don't want to, though. Yeah. I don't want to at all. I'm actually going the Patriots, too. I uh, I just think the Giants are too decimated. The way they looked against the uh, the way they looked against the Vikings last week didn't give me a whole lot of hope. In, yeah. in the New York Giants defense, you know, I'd love it if it were a game. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love it if uh, you know, maybe I'll take five dollars and put it on the money line just for a fucking th- you know, burnt light money on fire. But I just like. I just can't see the Giants stopping them, and I just can't see the Giants scoring. And uh, I really, my hope for this game is that Daniel Jones survives. Yeah. You are right. Thursday nights, anything can happen, though. Okay, moving on. Another week, another game in London. This will be early. They're not going to, last week they did the one later. This will be an early game, so 6.30 a.m. our time. I will be getting up because I am not going to miss another Jameis Winston game. Now, we've talked a lot about the NBA and China and the, and, and how people are sort of ignoring the human rights atrocities uh, going on there. Can we talk about the NFL in London? I mean, players are just going to go over there. No one's going to mention that the, the English government doesn't take care of anybody's teeth. We're yeah. just going to just let this happen. <laughs> just let this slide. Can somebody ask Jameis Winston how you would eat a W if you had no fluoride in your teeth? (laughs) (laughs) Rematch of a Thursday night game, which the Bucs won. Yep. But things were a lot different back then. Yeah, they were. The Panthers had Cam Newton playing quarterback. They don't anymore. They're now 3-0 under uh, Kyle Allen. And they're also two-and-a-half-point favorites in London. Yep. And fun fact, little we talk about tug nugs, little rug nug for you. Rug nug. The Carolina Panthers, I saw this morning on NFL Network, are second in the NFL in sacks. While the defense isn't playing to you know, a level that they were going 15-1 or 12-4, and four, they're still playing pretty good. They have 20 sacks in the season. So they're getting after the quarterback. And what is the problem with Jameis Winston? getting sacked, giving up fumbles. Therefore, I'm putting my money on my boy Luke Keekley, the Carolina Panthers defense, and that two-and-a-half-point favorites. You know, last week we both picked the Saints against the Bucks. We were both right. We both said we were going to get burned by picking against the Bucs. Um, London games are like Thursday night games. Anything can happen. It's going to get wild. If I'm picking one team for something to go wrong for, it's going to be the one with Jameis Winston. Like, is Jameis Winston going to go over there? Like, I could see Jameis Winston getting into a car accident over there because he's driving on the wrong side of the road or some shit. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, classic like, Jameis. Like, they'll, like Jameis, <laughs> like, Jameis in London is a fucking, is a whole goddamn TV show. I'm picturing, it really is. It really is. I'm just picturing, you know that scene in uh, the vacation movies 
Is that France though? They get caught in the circle. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's Jameis. Yeah. Just driving around. For sure. Like I could see Jameis being late to the game. I could see because him because somebody was like, "You got to go see Big Ben." Exactly. And he, spends, he spends the whole day looking around London for Ben Roethlisberger, <laughs> unable to find him. You know. So I'm going with Panthers. Okay. By the way, we have some sad news. Oh, Speaking no. of Jameis. Oh no. And we discussed this during the broadcast yesterday. What happened? I think Jameis one of one made it private that you can no longer leave Amazon reviews on his book. He's basically started to block us all around. He blocked us on Twitter, which I found so, it made me so happy. Yeah. Because as I said to him, he was like, you guys fucking trolls, blah, blah, blah. I go, you came into a conversation that we were having with somebody else with just your book link. Yeah. You just showed up one day with the book link to this nonsensical piece of trash. And now you're upset with us yeah. for replying to you? Uh, we mentioned uh, our boy Steve from down in Orange County with the great kindling review the other day before he did shut it down. And I just want to shout out Steve who made it out to my show in San Clemente last night and uh, bought me a shot of Jameson. And, uh, in honor of Jameis? In honor of Jameis. Yeah, it was a shot of Jameis's Irish whiskey. Yeah. And uh, I dropped it. I, like he handed it to me and I fumbled it. And, oh yeah, and I lost. I lost the fumble, <laughs> but it was the thought that counts. Yeah. Well, you were just emulating Jameis Winston. Yeah, exactly. So R.I.P. Amazon reviews. But if you can leave one and screenshot it, yeah, if you can leave one, you still get two koozies courtesy of us. Okay. Moving on. The biggest, the second biggest point spread, sorry, of the week is the Bengals who travel to the Ravens. Ravens are 11-point favorites. There's a lot of rumors right now with the Bengals circulating that A.J. Green will be traded. Wow. Where's he going? Well, a lot of rumors are circulating about some of the good teams. The Seahawks, the Patriots. Wow. We'll see. I think just free the man, even though he doesn't want to be freed. I Where think would you most like A.J. Green to end up? I think both those teams I mentioned would be pretty interesting to see him on. You know where I'd like to see him? I'd like to see him on the Detroit Lions. Ooh. I'd like to see him go. Uh, I, I'm a Matthew Stafford fan. I'm a Matthew Stafford defender. I'm also a Calvin Johnson fan, and I said free Calvin Johnson back in the day, and I'm glad Calvin Johnson freed himself yes. and that he can live a healthy life without you know, CTE. But I would like to see Matthew Stafford get a big target back. Yeah. I'd like to see him get Calvin Johnson light yeah. out there. Also, not going to lie, 49ers would be fun. Yeah, I agree. There's my... Even though, you know, he's played eight years and he's been injured recently, he hasn't played at all this year, they say every team is basically, teams are willing to offer first-round picks for him. Yeah. Chiefs? Ooh, that'd be great. Wow. He practiced today? Poor A.J. Green. practice. Poor A.J. Green. Yeah. But he's also talked about how he respects Larry Fitzgerald for playing his whole career in Arizona. Bro, Larry Fitzgerald wants some playoff games. Larry Fitzgerald made it to the Super Bowl. Also, Arizona's pretty dope. Yeah. Fucking Cincinnati. Come on, man. Who do you for yourself, man? Who do you got? Eleven point favorites. Um, well, the Bengals really fucked me last week. Um, I think the Ravens I think the Ravens are 
overrated. Um, that being said, I think the Ravens are a team that beats bad teams and struggles with good teams. I think the Bengals are a bad team. I'm going with the Ravens to cover. Man, we're both going to start the same. It's all right. Don't worry. We'll get... Okay. So two two people taking the Ravens. All right, moving on. The Seahawks. A lot to say about this because we'll talk about this current Brown situation. The Seahawks are one-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Cleveland. A lot of news from both teams this week. First of all, we alluded to it earlier. Tyler Lockett came out on Adam Schefter's podcast saying he is a 27-year-old virgin. Now, yesterday during the Dirty Slides broadcast, I made my stance known, and I, and I doubled down on this. When a 27-year-old athlete in their prime claims they're a virgin, I instantly think that they are secret, and especially like Lockett claiming Jesus, I think that they are hiding homosexuality. This isn't me making a joke. This is me being serious. I think a lot of these guys struggle with it, and... I'm not saying Tyler Lockett's gay, but a lot of times I think these dudes are gay. <laughs> but a lot of times I think these dudes are gay. I've said now, it, I've there, said it about Tim Tebow. There is a there is a Russ gay theory. And I was gonna say, is this are they are you is there any do you think that they might be dating? They have a great connection. Possibly. I mean, I'm serious though. R- Russ is the same this, thing. By the way, this is not you're not this is not like. Not to go full Seinfeld, not that there's anything wrong with that, but like this isn't a joke, and no. you're not saying it's like this isn't a critical thing on him. You're just saying no. That I'm not judging him at all. No, I'm being I'm being dead you're serious. You're saying that he's an athlete. Baby doesn't want to come out, and, and he's, he's and using the I'm a virgin thing. It's like why aren't you seen with women ever? Why aren't you whatever? Like, I just think it's weird. Like I think I don't know. I just think when guys like him or Tim Tebow, and and you brought up Russ, exactly. Russ had been married, then he got cucked by his former teammate Golden Tate, and then he became a virgin again before him and Ciara got married. So, I don't know. I just, I just think, I think a lot of these guys use the Jesus thing and the virgin, and to me it's more, it's more of a, it's more of a, it more highlights the sad situation that, People couldn't be openly gay. Again, I don't know if he's gay. I just it's it's funny because you're like every time I hear this, I think because for me every time I hear this, I think he's lying. Like I always. Just oh, think, you just think he's lying. I just always think that they're psycho Jesus freaks, and they're pretending that they're like, oh, I'm so good. I'm gonna wait till marriage. Blah blah blah. But come on, you're not like what kind of so you think kind of superstar high school athlete, superstar college athlete, professional athlete. But that's what I'm saying. So you think he's just lying? Yeah, gay, you, straight, whatever. You I'm think thinking. Tim Tebow's lying? Gay, straight, or whatever. I think P's have been in V's or B's or whatever. You know? Yeah. Things have been, things have been swapped around. Yeah. Okay. But, but they do it. They do have an amazing chemistry, those two. Yeah. So maybe, and they both love Jesus. Yeah. Are we getting a Brokeback Mountain meme? <laughs> this is painful for me because I love Russ so much. But you're you can love love Russ so much and him be a homosexual. True, I don't care. I don't care who he loves. I just like that he's throwing the ball well. How well is he throwing it, Andy? Well enough to beat the Browns by one and a half. Well, I'll tell you what, man. The Browns looked awful on Monday Night Football. I mean, they got their shit pushed in. Baker looks bad. Baker now leads the NFL 
in most turnovers since the start of the 2018 season. I know it's only his second year. He still started 18 games, so he's a season in. He's Jameis 2.0 right now. We did the meme. Shout out to Jay Lloyd. Did an amazing meme. Helped me put that together. He is Jameis 2.0. One read. He fumbles the ball. But I think this has all the bearings of the Browns bounce back. Vegas knows something that no one else does somehow, right? Like, why is it one and a half? That's what I'm saying. That's saying on a neutral site that it's, you know, like, you know, you you get three. So it's four and a half on a neutral site? Yeah. I mean, or, or, yeah. I feel like this is such a game that the Browns have to win. Because next week they play New England. Yeah. They fall two and four. They're not beating New England. I mean, they could any given Sunday. But you're right. That one and a half, I was still surprised that they were underdogs because they're two and three. The Browns season is not lost, just so everybody knows. Like, I'm not saying it's lost at all. Uh, this is a tough one. Patriots? I'm sorry. Uh, Seahawks. I'm going to go Seahawks. But part of me, part of me is in disbelief that the Seahawks would start five and one. Does seem like a trap game. Does seem like a trap game. But like, if you're going Seahawks, am I going down an, a potential? We we picked all the same games so far. Am I going down a potentially another game because I picked the Browns to bounce back against the fucking? Seattle Seahawks, I don't think I can do it. I was really hoping you would go with the Browns and I would be able to take your Seahawks for once, but I'm not doing it. What is your position on Baker at this point? Again, Joe, it's early. Uh, when I watched that game, and I, I predicted that they were going to win that game, it's, it's really just about consistency. And... Being consistent, you don't have to be consistently good. You don't have to be consistently great. You don't have to be consistently the best. You just have to be consistent. With Baker, you don't know what the fuck you're getting from one week to the next. Yeah. And I just think that he talks such a big game that it riles people up. I mean, look, listen to the fucking Niners. Listen to Nick Bosa. These guys were red. They, they couldn't wait to fucking play him. He yeah. talks so much shit. He riles people up. The 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 whole I'm feeling dangerous. The whole like the whole league's behind this Browns team. When you look at this Browns team, this Browns team is super fucking talented, and it starts with the quarterback. So what do I think about? Baker Mayfield, I was on the Browns winning 10 games. So I put the majority of this on Baker Mayfield. The defense is playing fine. Fine. You have weapons. You have Landry. You have Beckham. You got Callaway back last week. You got a tight end. Your running game is great. Yeah, Nick Chubb's great. I put... A lot of this on Baker. I put a lot of it on Baker. I also put a lot of it on the head coach. I've been critical of Freddie Kitchens all year. Again, I thought Greg Williams should have got the head coaching job after they went 5-3 and three under him as the interim coach last year. I don't know, man. 
I I said it yesterday again, and I'll bring it up again. Tell me a time we've had a quarterback who's been this outspoken, this cocky, this arrogant. I, I honestly can't think of one. Dude, look at all, even even guys who are a little maybe flamboyant, like a Cam Newton with his outfits. None of these guys are on social media arguing. None of these guys are getting all angry on the herd with Colin Kaepernick. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's kind of, unlike most, think of all the quarterbacks in the NFL right now. It's 32 teams. Is there any quarterback who's anywhere like him? As no. far as how they talk. And I know his thing always is, I watched an interview this week. He's like, that's my thing. That's my brand. Well, your brand ain't working, bro. Yeah. And it's, it's it's firing other people up. Richard Sherman, Bosa. Like, you're firing up the other team. Yeah. And. Bless <coughs> you. You know, people talk about Odell's a distraction and this guy's a distraction, that guy's a distraction. It's like, look. Receivers just got to go out there and run routes, man. Quarterbacks got a whole lot more shit going on. Yeah. So if you're distracted, it's a big deal. Yeah. And I think he'll play better. There's, I mean, I'd He's be, not going to play worse than he played on Monday. I was going to say, but it just in general. You know, Baker right now has four touchdowns to eight interceptions. And they're still... Um, they're just two and three. Right. And they're still... have a new coach. Yeah. They say it takes half a season. I still have kind of hope for the Browns as a as a team. Not that I root for them or anything, but like you said, what what do you think about Baker? I put a lot of this on Baker. How much do you put on play calling though? Because in that game, I feel like a lot of the play calling wasn't wasn't really that great, and especially with their offensive line kind of struggling as it is in pass protection. People overdo blaming play calling for a lot of things. Like that's that's something that you hear. A lot when people want to like make excuses for something. Oh well, you know, fucking look at Matt Ryan now. Dirk Cutter's back. How the how the Falcons doing? Um, you know, Jameis. Oh, you're gonna blame Jameis for starting out his career shitty. Look at the coaches he had. Yeah, it's great if you have a great coach who's going to do what Sean McVay does or do what Sean Payton Sean Payton or do what Andy Reid does and and make your offense something that sort of is is a well-oiled machine but at some point also the defensive backs are running backwards and your receivers are running forwards and know where they're going back shoulder passes are pretty impossible to defend if if you put a guy if you put Odell Beckham on a sideline by himself and throw him a good back shoulder ball, it's pretty hard to fucking defend. It's like, I mean, the fade pass in, for years in the NFL has been like, hey, we're just going to split a guy out and throw it up. Like, if you execute, it's hard to defend. You know what's happening. They don't. Yeah, it's great if, like I said, if your offense is awesome, but at some point you have to th throw a good pass. At some point, they hit Callaway. You know, he had that ball low. Should Callaway catch that ball? Yeah, he's got to yeah, catch that. He's got to catch that ball. But he was also wide the fuck open. How about put it on him? Like, at some point, you have to make a play. Because, I, you know, 
I, as a Giants fan, I was critical for years of Kevin Kildrive, as we called him, Kevin Gilbride's offense. The play calling for the Giants was never fucking good. You got to overcome it at some point, especially if your team's playing good defense and you're running the ball well. Make a play. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get through these games. Saints travel to Jacksonville where the Jags are a point favorite. That Minshew mania. Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with this one. I'm taking the Saints. We are across the board so far. Four games, four favorites. The Saints are playing so goddamn well. They're 3-0 under Teddy Bridgewater. They're 3-0. The the idea that they're going to beat the Cowboys and beat the Bucks last week and be all this, and handily do it beat the Seahawks in Seattle beat the Seahawks and they're going to be dogs to the Jags. I mean Minshew Mania, it's a home game, whatever. I get it, but like they're dogs. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the Saints. I'm leaning Saints too. Put me down for Saints. Arguably one of Sean Payton's best coaching jobs. Ruther's so going. With, uh, he's going to hold the ball for sixteen weeks now. No, no, he's come no. Out of this, uh, come out of this up four points. I'm not going to hold. Just the, fucking running the three man weave at the top of the key. I'm. I'm going to do what Matt Ryan should have done in the Super Bowl. Yeah, just, just take a fucking knee. Just keep kneeing on you, buddy. Okay, Texans Chiefs. Chiefs are four and a half point favorites on the road. I'll go first here. The Texans' offense is playing phenomenal. We got a healthy Will Fuller. DeAndre Hopkins hasn't had to do as much at all because of that. Deshaun Watson is playing out of his fucking mind. I don't even know what the over/under is. Take the over on this. Chiefs are a little hobbled. Mahomes is hobbled. That being said, four and a half is too big for me. I think the Texans come in and make this a good game in Arrowhead. Here we go. This makes up some points. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I. Agree with everything you said about the Texans. I actually like how the Texans are playing. Um, I, I think uh, Watson is showing incredible growth. Um, and the Hopkins and Fuller both being healthy is great for them. But I just think this is a Chiefs bounce back game. They're at home. They lose a home game. They're in Arrowhead. Um, I, I I just kind of think that they come out and they score a shit ton of points. And I think it'll be a good game. And I think that you're right. It will go over. But usually a shootout ends in a touchdown game. And I'm going the Chiefs. All right. Finally, we have a different pick. Okay. Your Tank for Tua game of the week. The Toilet Bowl game of the week. Whatever you want to call it. Washington travels to Miami where they are three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Dolphins. I am wearing my Richie Incognito Dolphins jersey, courtesy of Twerks with Wolves over here. I don't know who to take. We have a new head coach in, in Washington. They're favorites. The Dolphins are coming off a of bye week. Oh, my God, this is such a bad game. This is such a bad game. Who's playing quarterback for Washington? Does it even matter? Is it Colt McCoy? Is it Dwayne Haskins? Is it Case Keenum? Who's playing quarterback? Do you even know? I don't know. Do we know? Do we even want to look it up? It's Colt McCoy. Uh, if Keenum's healthy, it's Keenum, and if not, it's McCoy. I watched the interview with Callahan, and, and Callahan said he basically indicated that Haskins is nowhere near ready. So. Is this former 
Raiders coach Haskins? Or I'm sorry, Callahan? Yeah, former Raiders coach. Former Nebraska Cornhusker coach Dave Callahan? Bill, Bill, Callahan. Bill Callahan. Bill Callahan. Dave's his brother. <laughs> Dave's runs the auto parts company. <laughs> Wasn't that the are you, are you doing a Tommy boy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was going to say Callahan's. Um Jesus Christ. I'm going to go Redskins. Yeah, I'm just going Redskins, new coach. Uh, I, I just think that the Redskins are trying to win, and I'm not sure that the Dolphins are. Yeah. By the way, if you are a Miami— Ah, wh- fuck it. Let's go Dolphins. Give me the Dolphins. Torx, three and a half. It's a three-point game. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go Dolphins. If you are a fuck Miami it. resident and you want to get some cheap seats, and I mean cheap seats— for the Redskins Dolphins game, go on SeatGeek. To, to, it's at it's a Redskins game, right? Yeah, no, it's oh, in, it's, a, it's in Miami. Oh, yeah, great. Miami's the home team. So if you want to take the family out to Hard Rock Stadium, get those tickets on SeatGeek. I saw tweets that were showing tickets for the Redskins Dolphins game are going to be cheaper than going to the local zoo in Miami. Wow! And here's the best part: I saw tickets were as low as sixteen dollars for this game. Well, guess what, Miami fans? My friends in South Beach, you can get an additional $10 off those $16 tickets on SeatGeek. You can get tickets for $6 to see a National Football League game. Guys, SeatGeek will give you $10 off, like I just said, on your first SeatGeek purchase. That goes for anybody going to any NFL or college games this week. All you need to do is use promo code DIRTY. So download the SeatGeek app today and use promo code DIRTY for $10 off. On your first ticket purchase. That's promo code DIRTY for $10 off on your first purchase. Don't forget to also use it to come down here and see us in the buy you. Promo code DIRTY. That's right. Fuck again. Coach O hopping in. And if you use promo code DIRTY on SeatGeek, send me a screenshot and I will send you a couple koozies. And also, while you're at those stadiums, make sure you send some cut cam pics. Yeah. I'm sure there will be a lot down there. Okay, moving through. Yeah. Eagles, Vikings. Vikings are three-point uh, favorites at home. Kirk Cousins cannot beat good teams. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going Eagles. Yeah, I don't even know how he's I, – I don't even understand this line. I'm going the Eagles. Okay. Falcons, Cardinals, the – Cardinals are two-and-a-half-point dogs coming off their first win in Glendale, Arizona. Joe Prano, what say you? I think that the Falcons uh, can't possibly be a team that goes 1-15. They're going to win some games along the way somewhere, and I think one of those is against the Cardinals. I'm going with the Falcons. All right, I'm going to go Falcons as well. Okay, 49ers-Rams. Everybody is high on the 49ers right now. Their defense is playing well. They did lose a key offensive line. forget what his name is. McGlinchey. Okay, yeah, they lost him. Uh, They're riding a big high. The Rams are riding back-to-back L's. It's a trap for the Niners. Going to be a hometown homer. Rams win and cover. They give Jimmy G his first L. I uh I really want to take the 49ers here because I feel like maybe I disrespected the 49ers last week in taking them to get beat by the Browns. I 
Definitely overestimated the Browns, but I even more so underestimated the Niners. The Niners have looked way better Very than, good team. than I thought they would, uh, especially in that game. I think their defensive line is playing incredible. They're running the ball really well. I like the Rams to win this game, but I could certainly see it coming down to a field goal. I'm going with the 49ers to cover. Guys, I'm on board. You convinced me on Monday night. Please don't let me down because Andy's going with the ball hold here, and uh, I'm, I'm picking games just to go different at some point, so don't fucking don't do it to me. Well, I'm not Take, going with the ball. By the I'm way, taking the Niners. I like the Niners a lot right now. I just think, I don't know, I think the Rams are going to come a little better prepared. I just want to jump in here and say, that ask you guys is there any other game that you're more excited for than this one because to me this is like two just fantastic coaching minds going at it in yeah. shanahan and mcveigh fantastic we're gonna go to call shanahan fantastic at this point i think shanahan's so. amazing I think so. yeah shanahan's so great amazing a great offensive wow. coach for sure at least wow well really look i think he's a good coach a little tbd a little to be determined here but in terms I, of I, an offensive coach yeah right? like yeah. Yeah, offensively as I'm speaking, I think these two guys are just, you know, offensive geniuses. Kind of like, you know, it's like how Andy Reid is now. I can see these I'm guys. I'm just a little biased against guys whose dads were coaches. I think they just get the benefit of the doubt. The Schottenheimers, the Shanahan's, their dads who were good coaches. That's my take. Hot take. Take the over. That's what I'm saying. Forty Niners. I'll take them. All right. Titans travel to. Denver, where the Broncos are two-and-a-half-point favorites after beating the Chargers out here in L.A. last week. I'm going Titans. Broncos are going to fuck me every week. Titans <laughs> are going to fuck me every week. Yeah. Somebody's fucking me this week. Uh, I'm, I'm also going to the Titans. I just think I was really surprised the Broncos came out and won that game last week. Uh, the Titans, hot and cold, hot and cold. What did the Titans do last week? They lost, right? They lost to the Bills. At home. Yeah, so I'm going with the Titans to win. Yeah, we both took Titans. Okay. Might be a might be a money line road cover for me. Yeah. Sunday night game. Your first ever Sunday night game at the Chargers youth soccer field will have be happening. They are playing the oh, I'm sorry. I skipped ahead. We can go to the we can do that DMO. But the Chargers are playing Sunday night against the Steelers. The Chargers are six-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, the last I saw, Mason Rudolph is still in the percussion or the concussion protocol. I, like, really, guys? You're, he might he might play this week? <laughs> Do we really need to bring up what <laughs> happened? Do we really need to bring up what happened to Mason Rudolph? Timmy. Great South Park reference. The great gazoo. He's going to play? I'm going to go with the Chargers to win, even though. You think the Chargers are going to win in cover? Yeah. You you don't trust the the Steelers' undrafted free agent quarterback, I forget his name, from Samford University. No, I don't. And I just, like, I, I, I don't know what's going on with the Chargers, but, like, they've got to have a bounce back game, right? It'd be a fun game to go to. It's out here. Sunday night, Steelers Chargers. It's going to be all Steelers fans. Yeah. Ian's guys going down to Carson. I got to go. I got to go Chargers as well. You said it. You were like, I got to go. Gotta it, go if Rudolph was playing, I'd probably go Steelers. 
but the spread probably would be different. Okay, the game I forgot to skip, or I skipped over, was Cowboys traveled to New York where they play the Jets. They're seven and a half point favorites. Sam Darnold is back, Joe Prano. Does this have any effect on your pick? For mine, it really doesn't. The Cowboys look great against shit teams. Yeah, I agree. So I'm going to I'm gonna go the boys. Big D. I'm with you. Dallas. All right, and your Monday night game, which I think is going to be a good one. The Lions travel to Green Bay where the Packers are four-point favorites. I think the Lions will keep this close. I'm going to go Lions to cover the spread, Packers to win the game. I'm going to ride my Packers team that I think uh, is still somehow underrated. I think it will be a close game, but just for the sake of having a different pick, and because I'm going to ride these Packers. I'm taking the Packers. By the way, real quick, speaking of the Lions, i got to give some love because people don't talk about most consecutive starts for quarterback enough. I want to give some love to the guys currently on the list. Matthew Stafford, a lot of people probably are shocked by that, has started 132 consecutive games. This is all-time. He is sixth all-time. Matt Ryan is fifth all-time with 152. Russell Wilson is eighth all-time with 117. And Phillip Fudge and Rivers is second behind Favre all-time at 213. I just want to say, Prano, of the entire history of football, we have four guys who currently are on a streak in the top ten. Yeah. And kudos to those guys because it's not easy to stay on the field as a quarterback. No, it's not, but it's get, it's certainly been a lot easier in the last, you know, however many years. I mean, look at Tom Brady. He's got two over-100-game streaks. Um, it, it's not the days of... I mean, Brett Favre doing it when he did it is actually the most amazing thing, but painkillers are wonder drugs. They so really are. All right, so those are our NFL picks and discussion of the week. If you want to leave a call, our hotline is 310-359-8365. I swear we're going to get the calls again, guys, but uh, we just had a lot to talk about. Joe Prano has to get out of here. Aaron's got to go to class. I got to run. I don't know what I got to do. Uh Joe Prano. At Joe Prano on Instagram. Uh, at Fix Your Life on Twitter. JoePrano.com for shows. Uh, all those things. Thank you. Cool. At Andy Ruther on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, if you're in the LA area, I'm doing a fun little show tonight at uh, the Sycamore Tavern with our, with our friends uh, Sean Green and Justin Wood and some other guys. Yeah. Anyway, uh, check that out. It's on my website. At Andy Ruther. Uh, at DS Interns on Twitter. At Aaron Maharis on Instagram. All right. Joe's getting up even though the camera's still on. All right. Good stuff. Joe has is, Joe is got shit to do. All right, guys. That's the show. Thanks for listening. Drop an iTunes review. Leave your Twitter, Instagram handle, and I will send you some koozies. Okay, dirtballs. Enjoy football. Enjoy your weekend. And most importantly, stay dirty.